That's my dad. And that's my kid. We found out a long time ago the family dinner table is a perfect place for a great conversation. Grab a plate and pull up a seat. We keep the sweet tea cold around here. So make yourself comfortable and join us for a dinner table discussion. Hello. Hi there. What you doing? I'm sitting here across the dinner table from one of my most favorite people in the whole wide world. Where's mom? I don't see her. One of. I have a few. You're one of. She is one of. Is Daisy under the table? Daisy is not a people. She's a fur baby. Okay. So if it's not mom and it's not Daisy. It's got to be Kaylee the kid. Oh. Oh. Oh, you're making me blush. <laughs> Look at you. You're clever. So just because I tend to do this, I can't really break tradition. I got a question for you. Okay. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I'm actually ready for this one this time. Maybe. How frequently do you have an expectation that the reality doesn't quite match up to what you were expecting? Mm, I'm going to go 45% of the time, Bob. 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 Isn't that what the guy on Jeopardy was? Alex was on Jeopardy. Oh, who's Bob then? Bob Barker from the other show. Let No, it's not Let's Make a Deal. That was Monty Hall. <laughs> Isn't Bob Barker the guy that was in Blink-182? He's married to Kourtney Kardashian now. No, Bob Barker is a game show host that has been on TV forever and ever. He was Price is Right. Price is Right. Okay. My thoughts were wrong. The Price is Right. Wait, then who's in Blink-182? The drummer? Yeah. Travis. Travis Barker. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say 45% of the time. So the reason I ask is the other day I was kind of thinking about things that I have seen in life and the build up to seeing them, the anticipation, the expectation, for whatever reason, when it actually occurred, sometimes it just didn't measure up. Okay. For instance, there was a time when I was going to Germany to give some training to a company for some equipment that we had sold them, a company I previously worked for, and I could not get a direct flight there. So I had an overnight layover in Paris. Okay. And so once I found that out, which was a couple of weeks prior to the trip, I was thinking, I'm going to get to see the Eiffel Tower. I've seen it on TV, seen it in movies, read about it in books. It was one of these kind of wonders of the world. How awesome is it going to be to actually see the Eiffel Tower? When you think of Paris, you think of the Eiffel Tower. I do. They go hand in hand. Yeah, so I did. You would assume I'm going to Paris. I'm going to see the Eiffel Tower. The Arch de Triomphe. I'm probably totally mispronouncing it. Great big archway. Oh, okay. I was yeah. going to say, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> All I know about Paris is macarons and the Eiffel Tower. So when I got there, mm -hmm. me and another guy that was traveling, we made our way to the Eiffel Tower. Okay. And I'm standing there in front of it, looking at it and thinking, okay, it just wasn't that impressive to me. I mean, it's a giant metal structure. Exactly. I mean, it was big. Mm -hmm. It was unique. It's not that it was a total waste of time. It just didn't have the impact that I thought it would. Okay. So my expectation of this big moment, the reality was it just wasn't that impactful. Okay. 
I was more excited about seeing my very first smart car that was parked on the curb nearby. (laughs) And the guy that was traveling with me, I said, look, it's a roller skate with headlights. (laughs) I think I had one picture of me taken in front of the Eiffel Tower. I think he took like a whole roll of 35 millimeter pictures with me standing beside the smart car. (laughs) It's how it happened. And then again, when I got to Germany, Mm -hmm. the town that I was staying in was a town called Lunenburg. Okay. Again, probably slightly mispronouncing it. But my expectation of this town was it's going to be a normal town. Okay. There'll be stores. There'll be houses. There'll be the normal things that you see here. One day, I had the opportunity just to take a walk around town. Okay. And as I'm walking down this one side street, cobblestone sidewalks. Okay. I'm more looking down at the sidewalk thinking, wow, this is pretty cool. We don't have this where I live. Right. And I glance up and there's this stone plaque that is on a wall. It's a part of the wall Mm -hmm. of this particular building I'm walking by. And the plaque had a four-digit year. 1576. And I just stopped and I thought, this building that I am now standing in front of is twice as old as my country. Crazy, right? And it blew my mind because this was like in 2000 that I was there. Right. I had no expectation of impact at that particular town. Mm -hmm. And I was more blown away standing in front of a building that I had no idea even existed Just because of the history of it. And I started, my mind was racing. How many millions of people have walked by this building in all of these hundreds of years? Mm -hmm. What if this wall could talk and say what it had seen? So I just started getting all nostalgic about somewhere I've never, ever been before. (laughs) But again, just kind of thinking when sometimes you have an expectation of something going to be really big and impactful, Mm -hmm. it doesn't quite measure up. It can be kind of a little bit of a bummer. But Mm. then again, there's those times when you have no expectation whatsoever and you get surprised with a very impactful moment. So the reason I'm tossing that kind of a question to you about expectation and reality, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, you've just kind of experienced something. Just, Just a little something. That, of course, people who have walked this path before you have told you what you could expect. Mm hmm. You've read books, you've watched videos, you've gone to doctor's appointments. So you were preparing yourself with an expectation of what childbirth was going to be like. Then there's the reality of what it was actually like. <laughs> Let me tell you. Please keep it G-rated. It was <laughs> It was a lot different than what we were expecting. Pops doesn't need to know any gory details. No, no gory details. I know you guys announced a couple weeks ago, but very excited to announce that my daughter... Noah Alexandria has made her way into the world. Otherwise known as Pop's Princess. Oh, yes. I'm sure every mother feels this way, but she's absolutely perfect. I just stare at her and I'm like, how did I make perfection? Like, I know they're like. It's genetics. You had help. No, listen. (laughs) Listen. I just look at her and I'm like, oh, I just want to squeeze you. She's adorable. She's currently with her lolly right now. She's having a nice lolly snuggle. Oh, I just love her so much. So we were, you know, you see it on TV, you read about it in books, somebody's trying to scare you with a labor story. It's supposed to be this big, dramatic, like, oh, thing. It's supposed to hurt really bad. There's all this pain and all this stuff. Um, 
No. 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 <laughs> I want to say that we had a very positive labor experience. Like a lot of the things that I have heard were very negative. It was all about like what could go wrong. And everybody that I talked to, they all had some sort of traumatic, scary something that had happened. Mm. And we thankfully did not experience that. Not to negate anybody else's Sure. Well, everyone's experience, experience is going to be slightly different or greatly different. Mm-hmm. So like this was before I gave birth. Um, we thought that my water had broken on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. On the 14th. Mm-hmm. And I told Lucas, I said, I don't know if it has. I don't know if it hasn't because the doctor told us it's either going to be the big pop and gush that you see on TV all the time, the dramatic, like, oh, my water broke, or it could be like a little trickle and it like lasts for a while. It's not necessarily the big dramatic thing that happens. And so I woke up Tuesday morning, which was Valentine's Day, and walked to the bathroom and my pajama pants were soaked and I was like, oh, did my water break? And I slept through it and like went back to the bedroom and like the bed wasn't wet. So I was like, what happened? So we happened to have a doctor's appointment that day anyway. Mm-hmm. And they said my water hadn't broken and we were supposed to get a cervical sweep that can help aid in your water breaking. Okay. I was 39 weeks, two days on the 14th. So they said um, we were supposed to get a cervical sweep that day get in there and they're like, your water hasn't broken. You are no more dilated than you were last week, which was three centimeters. And we're not going to do a cervical sweep. We found out later the midwife doesn't believe in cervical sweeps. Hmm. She doesn't feel like labor should be forced. Okay. And by doing a cervical sweep, you can force the water to break. Now I can understand her having her own beliefs, but with you being the parent's, Don't you get final say-so on stuff like that? Apparently that day we did not, which Mm. is okay. She then told us that if we made it to our appointment the next week, which we would have been 40 weeks at that point, we could schedule an induction, which is still forcing labor, but I digress. So Lucas and I went home. We were upset. like We legitimately thought that Mm. we're going to have a baby today. Sure. We went home, went on a walk. Lucas made this meal that he makes called Q steak. That's Mm -hmm. steak with jalapenos. It was very good. Mm -hmm. But it was spicy. We did everything we could to try and induce labor because your girl couldn't walk. I told Lucas, I feel like a sea lion at the aquarium. Like it's not just the little waddle. It's the whole like side to side (laughs) weebles. They wobble, but they don't fall down. I just couldn't. And then so Wednesday, Lucas went to work. And I came over here. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been making baby clothes for Noah since we found out that she was a little girl. You have made some incredible clothes, you and my mom, Mm -hmm. your nan. Um, Typically, I cut one to two patterns a day, sometimes three, Mm -hmm. depending on... I cut six patterns that day. (laughs) I had this, like, leap of energy that came out of nowhere. And I was like, we're going to make some clothes today. And I remember you telling a story of when mom went into labor with me mm-hmm. the day before her water broke. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, we're just going to take it easy. We're going to relax. We're not going to do anything. And then she was like, nope, we're doing everything. It was actually one extra day ahead. Your mother was going to school, nursing school, mm-hmm. and working a full-time job at the exact same time. God bless her. She came home that Friday evening and said, we are not leaving the house this weekend. Don't think about doing anything. We are going to lay around and relax. I am exhausted. 
I'm not cooking. If you want something to eat, you know where the fridge is. <laughs> I mean, she was legitimately exhausted. I was also late. Yeah, you were just a little late. So we had been told here again, expectations in reality mm-hmm. that most mothers will get this burst of energy right before time to deliver. Mm-hmm. So when she came home totally exhausted, said, we're not doing anything. My mind is no energy. No baby. Fair enough. Daybreak on Saturday morning. Get up. We've got to go to the grocery store. We've got to vacuum the carpet. We need to go wash the car. We've got to go. They've got to go. Got to go. Got to go. Got to go. And I'm like, oh my God, today is the day. It wasn't. The next morning ended up <laughs> the next morning. all day Saturday. She had this burst of energy and it was go, 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 mm-hmm. go, go. And I'm just waiting for any moment for her water to break. In fact, I had invited a friend of the family over just to kind of help in case it was a urgent rush to the hospital because right. we had about a 20 minute drive from where we were living to the hospital. Okay. All day long on Saturday, energy go, 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 go. Saturday evening, she's winding down a little bit. Still no baby. I'm thinking, okay, maybe maybe what they were telling us was wrong. First thing Sunday morning, get up. My water has broke. I'm, I'm doing the mad dash, scramble, get it, get it in the car. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. She said, I'm not going anywhere until I take a shower. God bless mama. What? I said, how far apart are your contractions? And I think she said like eight minutes. I could be wrong on the time. It was less than 10 minutes, unless I'm totally, totally wrong. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Get in the car. She said, I'm getting in the shower. And she won. (laughs) You don't fight with a pregnant woman in labor. So that was another expectation versus reality. And they didn't line up exactly. Right. Like your water breaking. You're like, oh, the baby's coming like right now. Yeah. I was like, we don't want to have it here in the home. We want to have it in the hospital. See, that's what Lucas kept telling me. You know, he's a firefighter at EMT. He's like, baby, we can have this baby right here in the house. We got the big bathtub downstairs. You know, we'll just call engine three. They'll come over. Med two will come over. And I'm like, who's on the engine today? And he tells me, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, no, no, no. No, no. They're not (laughs) delivering my baby. We're going to the hospital. Well, your husband has had training as a firefighter. And some EMT training and classes and stuff like that. And he's a pretty intelligent, level-headed guy. I have no doubt, again, expectation and reality, that he fully believed, if it came to it, that Noah could be delivered at home. With his knowledge, his expertise, his ability to contact people to get there and assist. I think if it had happened... The reality of it may have overtaken him emotionally. Just a little bit. Just a lot of bit. <laughs> he may have rethought. I'm not saying he couldn't do it, but when you're sitting calmly, logically thinking ahead and you're not in the heat of the moment, you know, things could be a little different. Bless my husband. I was like, no, because I know who's on the engine and I know who's at that station. They're not delivering my child. No, thank you. No. <laughs> Unless you can call 911 and go, hey, send me this particular ambulance and this particular engine. We're not doing this. We're not even attempting. He was like, okay. So that was Wednesday. I cut six patterns, came over. We pre-recorded some episodes, had Mm -hmm. dinner. 
I went and picked up Gunner, our dog from daycare, went home and was sitting on the yoga ball that we had. And I had had hot wings for lunch because they say (laughs) spicy things can help induce labor. Look, I was trying to get that baby out. I heard the top of your head was nearly hitting the ceiling fan. You were bouncing on the yoga ball so hard. I wasn't going that crazy. You had an agenda that you I had an agenda. I did. But so mom was here and I had lunch here and had hot wings. And I told mom, I said, I feel like something just like clicked in my stomach, like something disconnected. It's like, I think the hot wings are working. So I'm waiting all day. And mom's like, I'll drive you to the hospital since Lucas is at work. Nothing happened on Wednesday. I go to bed Wednesday night and was talking to Lucas. And then I prayed and I was like, listen, like if this is when it's supposed to happen, mm-hmm. let's just get it going. Sure. I'm ready. Baby's ready. Let's go. Wake up at 4 a.m. Thursday morning. Pregnant lady. I got to pee. I got to pee every 37 <laughs> seconds. It's awful. So I get up and I go pee. No pain. No nothing. I go and lay back in bed and my hips start bothering me. And, and your like, hips don't lie. No. <laughs> I, I'm not Shakira. <laughs> She's from the same country as my husband, but no. I bet you were trying to dance like her as an option of getting you know the what? I delivery. Might, I might have been. <laughs> I might have been. So my hips started bothering me, and I was like, all right, well, let me roll this way. Let me roll that way. Let me see if I can get in a comfortable position. Finally, about 5 o'clock, I was like, all right, like right, I'm just going to go take a hot bath, see if that'll help. Mm-hmm. So I get in a bathtub, and mom had texted me, because mom, God bless her, she gets up at 4 o'clock every morning. So I was texting mom back and forth, and then I started feeling like these weird twinges in my back about 545, and I'm like, okay. That's new. So, you know, they tell you contractions are all like in your stomach, and you're going to feel like this cramping in your stomach. Okay. I had maybe two contractions in my stomach my entire labor. Hmm. I was in labor for 17 hours. I had two contractions in my stomach the entire time. Everything else was in my back. Oh, wow. And if you've never had back labor... (laughs) consider yourself very lucky i'm lucky i've never had back labor i i would not wish back labor on my worst enemy so basically what you're saying there was no pain in the front or the abdominal abdominal area (laughs) it was all in your lower back yeah it was all in my lower back and so i texted mom and i was like i think i'm having contractions Hmm. And she was like, do you want me to come get you? And I was like, no, like it's 545. Lucas gets off at seven. These could be false labor. What do they call it? Braxton Hicks. Mom's like, well, just time them. And they stayed pretty consistent at 10 minutes apart. And I'm like, okay. And then about 630, they go down to seven minutes apart. So I'm like, mom, they're about seven minutes apart now. And she's like, okay, where are you? And I'm like, I'm still in the bathtub. Like, I'm just chilling. I'm watching TikToks. I'm just soaking in the hot water. I'm just like, like your mama. I'm like, listen, my husband doesn't get home till seven o'clock. Like. You know, I'm fine. And mom's like, go ahead and get out of the bathtub and like get dressed in case that this is really labor. You don't want to get stuck in the bathtub during like a really bad contraction. So I'll get out and I go to get Gunner up and Gunner's just like, you really want me to come out of my crate, mom? And I'm like, yeah, get out of the crate. And he goes and he sits by the back door and he's like, all right, like I'm ready to go to daycare because we had told him, listen, when the baby comes, you're going to go to daycare. Mm-hmm. You're going to stay at daycare for a couple of days. It's going to be okay. He sat by the back door and I was like, we're not going anywhere yet. Like, don't worry about it. And then they go down to five minutes apart. I texted Lucas at 630 and I said, hey, like, just to let you know, mm-hmm. I'm in the bathtub call out when you get home so I don't like chuck a shampoo bottle at you when you <laughs> sneak down the hallway. Right. You know, and he was like, are you okay? Or is everything fine? And I'm like, like, I didn't want to tell him because I didn't want him to rush home. Right. 
And I didn't want him to like try to leave work early because like you're almost at the end of your shift. Like it's going to be okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like I've just taken a bath. My hips hurt. Like don't worry about it. No big deal. And I call mom and I'm like, mom, they're five minutes apart. And she's like, do you want to call Lucas? And I'm like, no, he gets off in like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and then he'll be home. It takes him like 20 minutes to get home. Like I'm just going to wait it out. I just got to figure out what to do with Gunner. Mom's like, I'll come get him. I'll take him to daycare for you. And I'm like, okay. Still didn't really believe that like (laughs) I'm in labor. (laughs) Surprise. I'm in labor. (laughs) We have Life360. So it lets me know Lucas is home and I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, all right, I have this whole speech in my head prepared about, hey, how do you feel about February 16th being a birthday? Mm. And of course, I hear the back door unlock and I'm like, (laughs) 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 so he comes through the kitchen and comes around the corner and he sees me sitting on the couch, pizza box in hand, because I had ordered pizza the night before. Okay. And so I'm trying to eat pizza that morning because once you get the epidural, you can't eat anymore. And I'm like, I'm going to stuff my face. Sure. Because I don't want to be hungry in labor. So I'm sitting on the couch, pizza box in hand, gunner beside me, crying. And he's like, what's up? You okay? And I'm like, how do you feel about February 16th being a birthday? And he's like, (laughs) okay, what do you want me to do? I'm like, go take a shower because you just got off shift. He goes, no, no, no. I took a shower last night. I'm good. What do you need me to do? And I'm like, "Mm, just come sit with me for a minute because the doctor's office doesn't open for another 30 minutes and we can't call. So you were stuck there. We were stuck at the house. I was like, mom's going to come over and get Gunner. Can you get his food together? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he runs to the kitchen and he gets Gunner's food. I call the doctor. They don't answer. It goes straight to like a nurse's line. And I'm like, okay, well, they told us if your water breaks or your contractions are five minutes apart for an hour or more, just go to the hospital. Okay. I'm like, all right. So I was trying to call them to let them know, like, I'm going to the hospital. So I call labor and delivery and they go, um... You have to call the doctor's office because they have to call and see if we have a bed for you. Oh, wow. And I'm like, my contractions are five minutes apart. Like, I'm having one right now. And she's like, oh, well, um, yeah, you got to call the doctor's office. Great. So then I call the doctor's office again and I call front desk where the appointment is because I know somebody will answer there. And I'm mm-hmm. like, hi. I'm like, I know you don't really deal with this. You're just front desk. But uh, I'm in labor. Labor and delivery told me I had to call y'all so that you could call and see if they have a bed. My contractions are five minutes apart. Like, I'd need to get to the hospital. They're like, go ahead and start getting in the car and getting ready to leave. I'll send an urgent line down to the nurse. We'll go ahead and patch you through to the nurse again, see if she answers, and then we'll see what's up. We already had the car packed because we thought we were in labor on Tuesday. So Lucas is like trying to change clothes. And finally, the nurse calls me back and she's like, okay, we'll go ahead and start heading to the hospital. We'll call labor and delivery. They're like, has your water broken? My water hasn't broken, but my contractions are five minutes apart and they hurt really bad. And she's like, okay, yeah, just go ahead and head to the hospital. So we get in the car. We're going to the hospital. We get five minutes down the road and they call us again. And they're like, um, so you need to go to the doctor's office first so that they can verify that you're in labor. As if you were faking it? And Lucas is like, she's very much in labor. And they're like, you got to go to the doctor's office first. Okay, we'll let them know that we're coming because we're on the way. Luckily, my doctor's office is 35 steps from labor and delivery. Okay. So it wasn't like we had to drive a crazy distance. So we get to the doctor's office and I walk upstairs and she's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, they told me I had to come in. And she's like, you're having a contraction right now. And I'm like, you don't have to tell me I'm having a contraction. Like, I know. And she goes, they want you to leave a urine sample. And I'm like, you're going to have to give me a minute. 
I can't do this during a contraction. And she's like, no, you're fine. Take How your time. How about right here where I stand, lady? The front desk girl is so sweet. She hands me a bottle of water. I'm like, I'm just going to wait for Lucas to come up. And I hear the front desk girl whip around to one of the nurses. And she goes, what is she doing here? She's actively having contractions. She's in labor. And they're like, well, they just want to verify that she's really in labor because she thought she, her water broke on Tuesday. And and she's like, no, 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 she's really in labor. So then we go back and we see another midwife. Oh, let's do a cervical check and see how far dilated you are. Girl, come on. <laughs> so then they do a cervical check. <laughs> yeah, you're in labor. I had a contraction while she's doing the cervical check, which is not fun. And she's like, oh, I think you could use some pain relief. And I think she's about to offer me <laughs> Tylenol. And I'm like, uh, no. She goes, no, honey, like if you're in that much pain, I think you need an epidural. Okay, great. We're going to send you downstairs. Um, just go ahead and walk there. And Lucas is like, y'all don't have a wheelchair? And she's like, no, we don't have a wheelchair. So I had to walk down the stairs. <laughs> Poor Lucas. He was so mad. We get in the hospital. They said, you know, go ahead and eat. Because once you get your epidural, you can't eat until after you have the baby. And I'm like, okay. Thankfully, I had packed Cheez-Its and Oreos. So I had some of those. And then about 3.30, 4 o'clock, I'm like, Lucas, I can't take this anymore. I need the epidural. Help a girl out. The anesthesiologist wanted to argue with us about my allergies. So Why? I'm allergic to shellfish, right? Okay. My whole life, they have said, when you go to the hospital, tell them that you're allergic to iodine because somehow how it's made is with shellfish, right? I tell the nurses this. They call an anesthesiologist and the anesthesiologist comes in. She goes, do you have any allergies? And Lucas goes, she's allergic to iodine. And she goes, no, she's not. And Lucas is like, yes, she is. She's allergic to shellfish. And she goes, oh, she might be allergic to shellfish, but she's not allergic to iodine. And goes into like this whole speech. You're actively in labor. Yeah. You are probably under five minutes on contractions now. Yeah, they're about every two minutes. They've already made you insane crazy with mm -hmm. the runaround. Mind you, they were probably following instructions, doing what they thought were best. But still, it seems like a runaround. Yeah. And now they're wanting to have a debate over iodine, shellfish, allergies. Yeah. I think there might have been a better time in the prior nine months to have this discussion. That's what Lucas said. I love Probably my, not so eloquently. I love my husband to death. And he goes, we don't really have time for this debate. Please give her the epidural. That's my boy. She finally puts in the epidural and she's like, all right, deuces, see you later. And I'm like, great. Thanks. Did she really say that? She really did. <laughs> she was like, adios. And I'm like, okay, bye. And then, oh, the epidural kicked in. I didn't feel another contraction the rest of my labor. Are you grateful for this? Oh, I'm so grateful. The <laughs> nurses would come in and they're like, honey, are you having a contraction? And I'm like, I don't know. Am I? <laughs> they're like looking at the monitor. They're like, yeah, you're having a contraction. I'm like, mm, okay. Couldn't feel them at all. Uh, water still hasn't broken. Did not know that you could get the epidural without your water breaking. Hmm. But so then I'm, it's about 6.30 and I'm laying there and Lucas is doing something. And let me just say the entire time we're in labor, there's a Ghost Adventures marathon going on. <laughs> so I watched Ghost Adventures for all 17 hours of my labor. You had nothing better to do. I had nothing, I'm laying in a hospital bed. What else am I going to do? And then all of a sudden I look at Lucas and I'm like, either my catheter just fell out or my water broke. And he's like, okay, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, can you check? Because either way, like something happened. And he comes over and he lifts up the sheet and he's like, you're dry. You're fine. Your catheter's in. And I'm like, no, like something happened. And then the nurse comes in and he's like, uh, she thinks her water broke. And the nurse lifts the sheet up from the other side. She's like, oh yeah, your water broke. Then we're like waiting. 
and we're waiting. About 8.30, one of the nurses comes in and she's like, so you're not progressing anymore. We're going to give you 30 more minutes. And if you stop progressing, Mm -hmm. we're going to give you Pitocin to continue your progression. Apparently, Noah was like, no, I'm coming now. This is the most graphic I'm going to get. When they tell you you're in labor and like it's time to push, it feels like you have to poop. That's what they tell you. It really does. Wow. And so I'm like, babe, it feels like there's a tiny turd (laughs) right at my butthole. Like you need to stop. You're killing me. I'm like, you need to call the nurses. It's time. The nurses come in and apparently everything went wrong in labor and delivery that night because the nurse was like, it's going to hell in a handbasket out there. So it's just you and me, dad. Everything was going unexpectedly wrong with everyone else in labor and delivery. So for the first half of my pushing, it was Lucas and one nurse. Wow. And Lucas is like, all right, I'm going to have to catch the baby. I just need you to know. And I'm like, listen, if they'll sign the paperwork saying you delivered her, that's fine by me. We're pushing. And then they're like, oh, she's got hair. Yay. Can I push some more? Like, can I get her out? (laughs) And then all of a sudden this midwife comes in and she's like, all right, it's time to have a baby. Maybe three pushes later, Lucas said, her head's coming out. Her head's coming out. I don't know why I had this fear that all of a sudden, like her face was going to collapse, like Mm. under the pressure. And I was like, she can't breathe. Get her out of me. Apparently, I just screamed, get her out. And just one push later and floop. But then, you know, we have this lovely little baby on our chest. And they had told us that she was going to be between five to six pounds, maybe seven. Mm -hmm. This baby came out with rolls on rolls on rolls on rolls. (laughs) And I look at her and I'm like, Lucas, she's got rolls. She's got so many rolls, she's going to open a bakery. So I'm out of it on the epidural. You're and saying the baby's chubby. The baby had rolls on rolls on rolls. And the poor <laughs> nurse is like freaking out. She's like, it's okay. Chubby babies are cute too. No, it's fine. We just didn't know she was going to be this big. And so like I'm holding her and like Lucas is looking at her and we're like, oh my God, there's a baby. She was absolutely perfect. She is absolutely perfect. I was going to say, you could probably talk nonstop for the next two and a half days with all the details of your experience. That's just how powerful it was Mm -hmm. for you, and I'm sure Lucas as well, things that you will never, ever forget. Some things may over time kind of fade, but for the most part, these things are going to stick with you forever. Oh, yeah. But I think it's still safe to say that through everything that you have just described, Mm -hmm. your expectation was something totally different than the reality that (laughs) that you somehow survived. Oh, yeah. I (laughs) thought I was going to be in labor for like two days. I thought we were going to end up getting induced. I thought that she was going to be much smaller than she was. Sure. So sitting here today as we're recording this, she's still gaining weight. Mm Mm-hmm. She's still growing. Yep. Our hair is beautiful. Her complexion is beautiful. I did a piggies check on both feet when she arrived today. They're all there. She has all 10 toes. Yeah. One of them did not go to market. They're all still there. Good. They need to stay on her feet. She was holding my hand, my finger with her hand. Isn't that the best? Oh, it is. So she is as close to perfection of a papa's princess that I could ever be blessed with. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank Lucas. I put in nine months of hard labor for that. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) And I'm so very grateful. 
But again, your expectation did not line up with the reality. No, it did not. I want you to remember this as the years roll by. Let's say even the next couple of months roll by when you are sitting there going, I didn't see this coming. I didn't know a diaper could get this bad. (laughs) (laughs) Those are Lucas's diapers. Those are not my diapers. (laughs) I didn't know that this could happen this way. But when you're there and you look back, you can still appreciate what it took to get to where you are. Mm -hmm. I think she's better than an Eiffel Tower. She's definitely better than an Eiffel Tower. And I would definitely still fly halfway around the world to see her. Good. Well, thankfully, she's only 15 minutes up the road. And she's cuter than a smart car. (laughs) I would hope so. And I am in more awe of her at a couple of weeks old than I am of a German building (laughs) that's 500 years old. I'm just putting it out there. I just, I like it. I dig it. So let's say we nip this episode in the bud. Okay. So that we can go and try to pry her out of Lolly's hands. I'll race you. You'll win, of course. But I get Pop's privilege, okay? I'm calling it. Uh, I get five minutes and you can have her. I'll give you 10. And (laughs) then I get an hour. Fair. Fair enough. See you guys next time here at the dinner table. See you then. Thanks for joining us for another dinner table discussion. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with your family and friends, post about it on social media, and think about leaving us a five-star rating or a review. We'd love to get your feedback on today's episode and maybe some suggestions on future topics. Feel free to email us at dtdpodcasts at gmail.com. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram as well. Both are at Dinner Table Discussions Podcast. We'll see you next week with a cold glass of iced tea for another Dinner Table Discussion.